Welcome to Rise Smile Films, the film review podcast that mixes cinema with fine spirits. Journey with us as we encounter new, old, and strange films with the occasional dabble into sports and music. Proceed with caution as these podcasts feature spoilers and some mature language. This is Matt. And this is Jesse. Today on tap, we have Morbius, starring Jared Leto, Matt Smith, Adria Ardrona, and Jared Harris. Written by Matt Sazma and Burke Sharpless and directed by Daniel Espinosa. Welcome back to Rice Smile Films. Today we're doing some small batch film reviews, so not building a whole cask around this one. Can you imagine a whole cask built around Morbius? Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, no, so this is just a one and done, and then next week we're going to get back to our regular scheduled programming with a brand new cask that we'll be excited to announce at the end of this episode. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to do this real quick. July 10th, 2020, July 31st, 2020, March 19th, 2021, August 8th, 2021, January 21st, 2022, January 28th, 2022, April 1st, 2022. That's how many times this film has changed release dates. My Lord. A lot of that due to COVID, but a lot of it maybe in this discussion, I don't know, maybe Sony was just trying to find a dumping ground for this film. Was there an October date that you ever said it? Was there any Octobers in there? I think uh, October 8th last year. Which I probably would have been a little more appropriate, right? I found myself thinking about that last night. A little, little in the, on the horse side. Not entirely, but maybe a more appropriate than April. Yeah. April Weird. Fool's, right? Yeah, that's not a spring movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, today we're having uh, some, this is a, a new bottle. This is Old Elk uh, Blended Straight Bourbon Whiskey. I like this one because it has the elk spigot, and it's kind of like he's spitting up bourbon into your glass. So yep. to you, cheers. Cheers to you. And real quickly, before we get started, I just want your just thoughts on this real quick. We talked a little bit about this on the phone. They released uh, a deleted scene from the Batman, uh, the scene with the Joker, very Hannibal Lecter-like. Just want your hot take, your raw take on kind of what that is to the film. Just real quick. Um, I like the Joker, mm-hmm. so I'm happy that he's going to be included in the franchise. Uh-huh. He is really, really hideous. Yeah. And that, to me... He looks like Toxic Avenger. He does. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Good. Might not serve so well. Yeah. Uh, it's distracting. Um, I have to be honest, after that kind of finished, it was a little... I was a little eye-rolly. Mm-hmm. If we take all the Jokers that are out there, so let's take Nicholson yeah. and let's take Jared Leto mm-hmm. and let's take um, Ledger, Heath Ledger, and then let's take Joaquin, um, Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I think of the four of those, Jared Leto's probably last, mm. but I think I'd rather see that Joker than the one that was introduced in the film. But they're planning in the deleted scenes. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really care for that character. It's really brief, so it's a little too early to make that judgment, but. My, Snap. What my, do you think? my hot take was I'm glad it wasn't in the movie because it was already too long. Too long. And there was another sitting talking scene, which, you know, those drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know what he was going to get more info on the Riddler, do a profile for me, just like Silence of the Lambs. So now we're ripping from that film now. Yeah. Um, I'll kind of hold my judgment until we see like the full portrayal of him and what that looks like. But I'm with you, man. Like garish. <laughs> yeah. Hideous and Batman's that movie was already dark. I was like, man, I thought the Heath Joker was dark. 
Leto took it darker. Joaquin went to a dark place. I was like, how much more dark can they take that character now? Yeah. Um, I think the days of the dangerous clown with the long sidearm, right? The 357 Magnum with the extendedly long barrel that's almost laughably elongated mm-hmm. are a distant, distant memory to yeah. where we are now. Yeah. And I don't know if using the Joker for criminal profiler mm-hmm. is really in the repertoire of things that I would see the Joker being able to do. Oh, I don't want to go to that psycho to give me tips. <laughs> do, is that what, you know who I see that? It's almost like it's got reversed. I could see him going to the Riddler for that. Absolutely. But not the Joker about the Riddler. Yeah, the Joker's going to send you on a wild goose chase. Come right. on, Batman. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> World's um, greatest detective. I don't know. <laughs> have they um, said anything about next release for Batman and what we're looking not, at? Not not yet or when that would come. I'm sure it's going to happen. I mean, it's made some decent uh, yeah, decent money, but no firm plans. But I just thought it was that was interesting that to release that so early while the film's still out. I mean, usually you have to wait for the disc to see something like that. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to get your take on it real quickly. But I think the way they did it in the movie, <clears throat> just a hint at him was better, actually. Oh, talking between cells. I thought that was better. That was probably a little more strained. But I'm sure we got a lot to talk about today, so let's dive headfirst into the Morbius gene pool with our uh, our flight question first. Alrighty, so Morbius, as we'll get into kind of where he fits in the Marvel Comics spectrum as a character, this always kind of threw me for a loop when this was first announced. I was kind of really confused. Morbius is getting his own standalone film. That's a bold uh, choice. Um, So my flight question, uh, and then we'll revisit this a little bit later with the nightcap. Uh, Hero, uh, side character, um, but on the hero side, um, organization, organization. Who's one of those that's worthy of carrying their own standalone film that we haven't seen yet? So I have two. Okay. Can I do both? Yeah. One I've brought up before, and I think it's coming, and there's been some rumors, and maybe it'll happen in the Fantastic Four, but it's got to be Namor. Yeah. Uh, Especially when Marvel takes a look at possibilities where there's an expansion of franchise. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that Aquaman is an outstanding film. And because it's not, it's, mm-hmm. it was it was fine for what DC offered, I guess. But that's one of the areas that they've really left unexplored in the Marvel Kingdom, mm-hmm. the seas. The now, sea. part of the problem with the Marvel Kingdom is there's not a whole lot of stories that originate from the seas. Mm-hmm. I would actually argue Aquaman and his rogues, as limited as that are, is far more developed than Namor. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that they couldn't find a way to make that work in some regard. So. I would say Namer um, would be choice B. Okay. But choice A is, I think, a remake of something that needs to happen. And I want Ghost Rider. And I want it to be Jason Statham. Mm. Um, we'll get into this with, with Morbius today because they have frequently teamed up in a group called the Midnight Suns. Mm-hmm. But... There's a supernatural element to that, and the fact that it is 
Ghost Rider and there is the Burning Skull, I think offers up a demonic presence, which introduces Mephisto and some mm-hmm. other players that I think could be quite interesting in Marvel's universe. I'm thinking more from, well, not more. I'm thinking you equally from a marketing point of view as well as an entertainment point of view. Okay. And I think I'd, I can't believe I'm saying this because the first one really wasn't good with Nick Cage. The first two with Nick Cage were very good. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. yeah, two. I think I want to see that film. It could be cool. It could be. Yeah. It's all in execution and casting. I like Statham. So, yeah. Do you like the Crank movies? I do. Yeah. Those are those are unique, right? Mm-hmm. Um, good choice. Uh, what do you got? With Thank name you. with Namor, I'm I'm curious. You know, I've heard rumors about him showing up in Black Panther two, and they've made some yeah. off kind of Easter egg references to him in some of the the prior films. So I wonder if his appearances maybe sooner rather than later. I would bet it's going to happen in Strange two, and I bet you he's okay. going to be part of that Illuminati group. Oh yeah, that I can't wait to see what that's all about. <laughs> maybe when the show ends, we can do this. You know what I'm tempted to do? Yeah, we said we weren't going to do this. Yeah but we've already done it. <laughs> so that's go back and really burn that trailer yeah. and pause it and look when he comes into the room. See if we can see who's who and who's up there. Okay. We know Patrick Stewart's up there. Certainly. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Good choice. Um, I, I have a bit of an honorable B mention to um, Heroes for Hire. Yeah. Um, I didn't love the Netflix portrayal of Luke Cage and Iron Fist, uh, but I think doing like a black exploitation meets like Enter the Dragon uh, idea would be really cool. Cool. And the team, I mean, they, they would go well together in a film. I don't think either one of them would be like, I'd want to see that in a movie, mm-hmm. but together as like this like failing business as mm-hmm. they try and just like take down neighborhood crime. Love it. Yeah, that sounds like fun, right? I'm with you. And I think if it was set in the 70s, I would love it even more. Oh, that's cool. Because you, you could get like 70s Blade. Have you ever seen 70s Blade? Because he mm-hmm. has like an afro. Yeah. And you could get all those variations on like the 70s take of those characters. Mm-hmm. How that fits into a larger universe, I have no idea. Um, and also, this is Morbius is officially under the SSU, the Sony Spider-Man universe. That's a real thing. I looked I looked that up uh, while I was doing my notes. Really? So that's official. My choice, uh, I'm going with a character that I don't think a lot of people know about, but being that we're in the, the Doctor Strange kind of space, I'm going to go with Doctor Voodoo, mm-hmm. um, sometimes called Brother Voodoo. Oh. So American psychologist Jericho uh, Drum, Voodoo priest, uh, he has a lot of technical prowess in the voodoo practices, but also in psychiatry. But he becomes a sorcerer supreme and. I just think the voodoo element mixed with what Strange is doing could be really cool. Yeah. Almost like Serpent in the Rainbow, Candyman meets Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see with Strange with Raimi back in there if they he does kind of lean into the horror of it a little bit more because to me, the mystic arts feels like horror, right? Yes. Supernatural. So I think Brother Voodoo, I think that would be pretty good. Maybe I think John David Washington I'd like to see in a role like that. Great. Um but I try to think of a character that people don't really talk about, but has some potential on screen, like mm-hmm. visually. That could be cool. Could be fun, right? So I love that choice, by the way. Mm-hmm. Was it hard? Did you struggle a little bit finding a character that didn't already have something going or um, was so obscure you didn't care about? I don't think it was hard to find a character, but the justification on do you deserve your own film, right? Well, that poses... Yes, that poses the question. And 
As we continually burn through characters and have to reintroduce new characters, there's no shortage of them Mm -hmm. in the Marvel Universe. But out of efficiency and writers and time and story, some of them are a little more underdeveloped. Mm -hmm. That's a fair way to say it. Yeah. I think the two that you and I chose, Brother Voodoo and Ghost Rider, probably fall into that could be, but wickedly underdeveloped. And I think I like that. I think there's a challenge there to flesh out something that's not already in existence. It gets to my larger issue that, right, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. It gets to my larger issue that I think came up in my mind with this viewing of Morbius. And that is, have they gone so far and done so much that there's just not a lot of tread left for the tires left to put on the Marvel vehicle? We, we say that, but then something like Spider-Man, we've seen 10 Spider-Man movies in our lifetime now, and they find a unique in, right? I think it's all in its execution and how it's presented to us. And I think it's if it's with the right character. Yeah. If they relaunch Cap, which apparently they have greenlit um, a Sam Wilson as Captain America film. Mm. Uh, I think 23 is when I saw that. Okay. They're already sort of giving phase four and phase five uh, films their the release dates. Yeah, and I think they said Fantastic Force Phase 5, and there is supposedly rumored a Mutants movie in Phase 5, too. Okay. So either Fantastic Four is late 4 or early 5, and then that Mutants film is in 5. I read a whole thing on that today. Um, so if that's accurate, cool. Spider-Man's established, and whether it's Tom Holland or Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire or whomever it might be, it's an established character. If you burn up all of the pieces, then you still need to keep the franchise rolling forward. But as much as I came to Ghost Rider, as much as you came to Dr. Voodoo, mm-hmm. I don't want either of those two guys to carry their own film. Like mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'd see it. I probably. mean, if it was made well and it was, yeah, they wrote the hell out of it and it had a unique vision and direction and great performance and it had an interesting cast. It, it could, it could absolutely no. be a winner. Yes. I want to know where the quality control is on a lot of these films and especially mm. in Morbius and like, who's like watching and saying, yeah, I don't know about this or maybe we shouldn't go this way, but are you ready? Let's jump in. All right. It. Let's jump right so in. Let's sink our teeth into this one. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> let's dive right in. Sink our teeth into Morbius. Michael, I've known you since you were a child. Please. You have a gift. You always have. If there's an answer to the disease, you'll find it. I should have died years ago. Why am I still here if not to fix this? I have a rare blood disease, and I'm running out of time. This could be my last chance. You're up to something, what is it? That's not exactly legal. I want to see you get hurt more than you already have. This would be a cure. Alrighty, so Morbius starts us out, and I want your take on, on this too. We're in the middle of Rando Jungle, right? Uh, South America, I would imagine. Uh, and Michael Morbius gets out of this helicopter, and he's in his crutches, so his mobility is 
really um, impacted by this degenerative disease that he has. Um, and we're like, okay, what's he doing here? What's he looking for? He's looking for bats, bat specimens. And he kind of sets up like an interesting little trap and then cuts his hand and then the bats swarm, right? It's not how vampire bats sense blood and just like immediately like go after it. But this prologue, this flash forward, this middle of the road, Matt, where in the movie does this scene take place? Right. <laughs> I thought that was the point in the film from the trailer. It's not in his Marvel legacy, like comic book story wise. Sure. Yeah. Where he becomes Morbius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I actually think it happens in the film where it happens in the film, story wise. It's the beginning. What I okay, so as the film goes on, you because they get on a boat here in a little bit. What I imagined was the boat was taking them to this island. He would get the specimens. They would show that beginning again to show us how we got there. Because why else would he be on that boat? Right. The way the boat's portrayed is that they're on their way back, right? Mm -hmm. That they got the bats already. And there's no rhyme or reason, or it's not told to the audience. Because when we leave this prologue, we go to his childhood, right? 23 years, 25 years ago. Oh, that's bad screenwriting or bad editing. Start with that. Or in, just include that. Yeah, start with the kids stuff and then have that scene included. You By jumping from that and then jumping to the past, then to the future, that's messy. Okay, so let's get even more messy because then when we come back, we jump into a vast knowledge of bat rheumatology or phlebotomy yeah. that Dr. Morbius seems to have decoded from the time we see him capture the bats in, is it Colombia, Costa Rica, Costa Rica, wherever the hell that is. I think it's Costa Rica. Okay. You bring up a good point too. So if so, you, he's figured that out in the span of watching a snippet from his 25 year old years ago childhood. I don't know. So it could have happened here too. Cause you remember when we go to his uh, little lab yeah. and he's got that bat glass cage, mm-hmm. the fish tank being that he brought them back from that opening scene. Right. I, I guess that's where he got them from. Who knows? But that prologue's in there just to confuse you timeline-wise. Yeah. Just a lot of jumping around here. And then when we throw in the multiverse stuff, then it's going to get even more confusing. <laughs> let's but, save the multiverse for a minute because... Let's we, say, let's we say have, that we'll talk about that with the end because that's when it really jumped out at me. Is the point of going to Costa Rica to get those bats, mm-hmm. to get those bats mm-hmm. and then have specimens that he can study... Because there's plenty of bats that aren't in Costa Rica that are vampire bats, like Austin, Texas, for example. Yep. Um, or is that a special breed of bat and it's only available in Costa Rica? And I'm assuming it's Costa Rica. If it's Colombia or somewhere else, I'm sorry, but I think they said Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Or is it what this movie kind of tends to air on when things fall apart and that's it just aesthetically looks pretty cool <laughs> yeah sure because it is kind of cool to watch him signal the bats with the blood in his hand and then watch them swarm the helicopter crew that's kind of cool yeah visually yeah um i just want to know is it? i just want to know where i'm at I, me too we watch science of the lambs and she's in uh, the fbi she goes to baltimore lecter cell good footing right i don't know like this is the future we go to the past then we're past present future but then we jump ahead to where we leap over the prologue because well, i don't even think if this isn't in the film mm-hmm. 
doesn't change the film it at all. It doesn't matter yeah. at all. Yeah. There's nothing special about those bats. But then I do want to know why they're on the boat later. <laughs> right. Okay. So we cut back to his childhood. A little 10-year-old Michael Morbius is in kind of a ward for very sick children. And everyone has different diseases and disabilities. And this new kid comes in, Lucian. Mm-hmm. But he renames him Milo. I guess Milo. Milo's just the standby for his friend that will die <laughs> within the next few months, right? Um, they're all be kind of caretaken by Jared Harris, who I always really like. Uh, he's uh, He was really good in that Chernobyl miniseries on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's shown up and just been really good in a lot, of, a lot of different roles here. But we show some things really early on that Michael Morbius is very smart, technically proficient. He's able to resuscitate his friend with a spring from a ballpoint pen, right? Fixes a little machine. And so Harris, okay. So was there, was there a nod to the X-Men here? He said, yeah, I thought that's what he, Westchester. He said, Michael, you're a very smart boy. I want to send you to a school for the gifted in New York. There's only one school for the gifted in New York in Marvel comics, ladies and gentlemen, it's Charles Xavier's right school, right? That's what I thought. So Morbius went and was an X-Men for 20 years. With his mutated Degenerative Doug. I don't know what he was going to help them out with. <clears throat> no, yeah, another kind of interesting Throw, hole. An or, interesting throwaway, really. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to go to this school because he's got, you know, the knowledge and the the potential, but he's got to leave his friend who he just met behind and uh, but vows that when I come up with the cure, I'll cure you, I'll cure myself, right? That's the motivation at the end of the day is to cure this disease. Um, but then the friend gets beat up. Uh, for the letter, <laughs> just let the letter go at that point. The trailer's interesting, though, because that little clip's in the trailer, and the trailer makes it think that that's Michael Morbius getting beat up, but that's his friend yep. uh, grown up when he, uh, it's uh, Matt Smith uh, grown up. Kind of interesting. You know, they're kind of buddies, uh, but the way he kind of hangs on to this letter, I I was like, was did you get kind of a romantic vibe from Milo and Morbius at all through this film? Yeah, I did in the movie. There's twins of jealousy. Yep. We have to talk about the trailer though, Jesse. Oh yeah, because we're sort of in a paranormal activity yes. three. <laughs> the Michael Keaton bit it's not in was movie. not in the movie, and not in the way it's shown to us in the trailer. Right, Michael Morbius. It's a pleasure to meet you, or whatever line that, that is. Ain't there, not in the film. Also, the way the bats fly out of the cave and hit his hand. Leads one to believe, oh, you're witnessing the death slash rebirth of onset superhero powers. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. And then you get the kid getting kicked on the ground to stir up some false sympathy for a character that's actually not the main character in the film. Mm-hmm. You're lying to me. Yeah. They're catfishing us, right? Yeah, they a are. A little bit. Maybe not to the extent of paranormal. Like, it was a whole movie of catfishing. Right. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. But, no, I was with you. I thought about you because I was like, oh, man trailers showing us stuff that's not in here where's that footage it's just on the cutting room floor Mm -hmm. they decided that the end scene they went with instead was better okay (laughs) yeah that's troubling too yeah and why did he change his name Mm -hmm. well we get to that whole thing but i did i kind of got a more romantic vibe from these two uh spurned lovers jealousy especially when he sees him with the with the other doctor making out on the rooftop and he's just like fuming. He's like, I'll get you. But other than that, you know what I mean? That's very loose motivation. When, when the villain breaks bad in this film, it's because he gets kind of upset that Michael didn't cure him sooner than 
he said he was, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> just kind of flips on him. But we're getting ahead of ourselves here. So let's cut to <laughs> Michael Morbius, uh, in current day Jared Leto. I joked, I said uh, this is like 30 seconds to Mars, Jared Leto. So he's not under like 15 pounds of makeup like in House of Gucci. This is in Dallas Buyers Club or Joker, Jared Leto. This is a fairly normal Jesus-looking Jared Leto. Right, yeah, well stated. Yeah. You can talk about his, I'll let you talk about his facial hair later. Okay. I'll save that for you, but he's getting a Nobel Prize or some prestigious mm. award yeah. for what he's done in the in-between is come up with an artificial blood. Mm-hmm serum or just a way to help with blood transfusions when I guess the stock is low Mm -hmm. and it's helped cure people in the war, Afghanistan or wherever. And he's done a lot of really good work with that. Uh, And he's working in some children's hospital, Mm -hmm. but then still trying to experiment with the bats. So he's still withering away. I mean, he it's like, and I wonder too, did Jared Leto go full method? Like when they take his shirt off and he looks man to the bone, right? Yep. Did he really do that? Part of me says, yeah, I think he did, but computers could do that a lot easier now. Uh, I do want to talk about, just because this is uh, Martine Bancroft, mm-hmm. uh, Adria Adjorna. Yeah. I think I have a new favorite celebrity crush, Matt. I've never seen this girl in a movie before, but I liked her in this film. Yep. Uh, and so I was kind of curious to see what else she's been in. Not Not a whole lot else, so... Six Underground? Yeah, I didn't watch that. Yeah. <laughs> didn't no, watch either. That. No. So, uh, Pacific Rim. Which one? The Uprising. Th- oh, the second one? Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't remember, but yeah, this is, yeah, the, you're this hoping to jump you into starting with Morbius. I don't know about that, but I, I did enjoy her in in this film, mm-hmm. but they're, she's trying to kind of steer him kind of off the edge a little bit to like accept money from donors. Like we could get money to further your research. And what are you doing? Experimenting with these bats that are already in this cage, but they do the test with the mouse. Right. And then the mouse comes back re- re- rejuvenated and we look and see the potential there. Is that the inciting incident? Uh, would his full bat transformation be the inciting incident? That's kind of like the act one end of act one, right? Fully becoming the monster. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Or is the inciting incident when he's sent off to the school as a youth? Well, that could be it too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know. I haven't given that much thought till now, but. Because what the inciting incident theoretically is the call to action, right? Yeah, but the, you're accepting your fate and the path that you're going to take. I don't know what we're accepting here in the beginning. Well, we're murky because we don't have a lot on the history of these bats other than he's been using them to study for the enzyme that's in the sacs that they have in their stomachs or whatever organ that is that he pulls out of that one bat that he dissects. I don't know what those have to do with the bats that they took from Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. We still don't know why they're on that boat in the middle of the water. We still don't know how he got from the school in Westchester to working to working at this children's hospital. Yeah, we gloss over a lot. Where there's bats that he's still studying in a fish tank, bat tank, at the children's hospital? I would say... What? In it? what? I would say if we went back and really thoroughly paid attention, maybe we could piece it together a little bit better, but... I mean, who's going to watch this again? I don't know if I want to do that, if this is a spoiler to how we kind of feel about this particular film. 
But that's frustrating, right? I mean, yeah. I'm trying to piece things. I'm trying to piece A to B to C to D, and A's going that way, B's going down, C's doing a circle around everything, and then D's where we end up on the boat. And I'm like, how did we get here? A lot of times when you see, let's talk about monsters for yeah, a minute. Yeah. The big moment in monster movies is the transformation. The first reveal of the monster for Frankenstein, the first time we werewolf out, uh, the reveal from the um, cloak that shows us... Dracula? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big moment for the universal stuff. That's a big moment for any monster movie. It's a big moment for Alien. The, yeah, the reveal of the monster is a huge point. Mm-hmm. He's revealed to us in the trailer, which poses, I think, maybe a troubling question. Okay. If they've already shot that bullet blown the load on that what then it looks like you don't have that to use in the movie which is a big moment because mm-hmm. you can tease that out for a good 15 20 minutes before you actually give it you can hide him behind hair like think about samara in yeah. the ring yeah they milked that cow dry mm-hmm. and it effectively mm-hmm. okay so he's already shown in the, in the trailers so then it's almost like maybe the story is going to be this really elaborate study of blood to the origin of living vampire. Yeah. That could have been a movie mm-hmm. and that could be if done properly, pretty cool. And he could have a running mate in the lab, not a running mate from 25 years ago that they spent <laughs> six months together in some children's ward that presents <laughs> the antagonist to his protagonist or his anti-hero. It's a little Harry Osborne from Dane DeHaan, right? Yeah, you're right. I haven't seen you in 17 years. What's up, bud? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. But I think they got bored with that mm-hmm. and decided, well, we got to get this vampire in this film and sort of kicked the can down the road on this creation of a character prior to becoming vampire and then decided, well, now that we have him as vampire crap, we're an hour and 10 minutes into this film and we don't really know where to go next. And he needs a villain, right? (laughs) Well, and that's the big problem. This goes back to what I asked you in the flight. Okay. When we talk about Dr. Voodoo and when we talk about Ghost Rider, Mm -hmm. Dr. Voodoo as the Sorcerer Supreme can fight any mystic entity monster that they want. But when it comes to Ghost Rider, there are no rogues. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can take on the Rose. You can take on Tombstone. You can take on the Kingpin. You can take on street-level baddies. And there's a story to be told there. But I liked your version of bad guys and the heroes for hire, which is more along the lines of bank robber, street hustler. Yeah, it feels like a pimp. Old, like old, old Charles Bronson movie. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Death Wish, yeah. right? Yeah. What are you going to do with Morbius? Because <laughs> you asked me to do a pretty deep dive into his read yeah, and his backstory. Yeah, do you want to? Yeah, whenever. Well, it's the, it's pretty accurate to how he becomes the vampire, and he does actually leave the boat so that he doesn't vamp Martine, and he does have a Lucian-like character that he's friends with that he actually ends up killing. Um, all that's pretty accurate, and that that kind of works because that's Dracula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, um he does poison himself with the cure for his blood disease, but he doesn't have a great rogues gallery. Like he's fought the Kingpin. Yeah. He fights Spider-Man. Well, that's where I know him from is like Spider-Man underling. Yeah. Showed up in 1971 in ASM. That's amazing. Spider-Man, I think one Oh one. Okay. And that's about the time where Spider-Man gets six arms. He's tied in spider. (laughs) Right. And his blood is what they use 
to cure his six arms with the help of Kurt Connors. Okay. So the Morbius Kurt Connors, Dr. Triumvirate. So yeah, Connors saves Spider-Man okay. from Morbius by turning himself into the lizard to attack Morbius. Mm-hmm. The Morbius blood is what's used to cure Peter Parker's or Spider-Man's six arms and return him back to two, but it makes him sick. And the point I'm making in this is if it's not the vampires that he's made in his sucking of human blood, he doesn't have like that villain. Yeah. Because he is mostly the villain. Right. Yeah. Kind of an anti-hero. Now he, he gets better. Like he teams up with, with, um, Ghost Rider, and they become the Midnight Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, there might even be a run in there with Brother Voodoo, if I'm not mistaken. He might play in there a little bit as well. Okay. Um, and then he's got some ties to another team, the Supernaturals, which is like Doctor Strange and Ghost Rider, and uh, maybe Mordo is in there. Um, you I, know, I forget who else. Oh, um, Elsa Bloodstone is in there. Oh, but he kind of just be interesting. She's kind of like a Van Helsing. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of just fights other vampires in Spider-Man. Yeah. He's had to run in with the thing. He's had to run in with the Human Torch. You know who he reminds me of? Uh, Batman has a similar adversary, Man-Bat. Man-Bat. And he's a doctor trying to kind of experiment with growth formulas and turns himself into this bat. It's kind of Morbius, right? Yeah. wonder which one came out first. We can look that up later. But Well, you said so much that was really important, Jesse. Okay. It's, I'm going to just nod to you on this. Ooh, okay. How did this guy get his own movie. Yeah. I want to know who suggested that. And then the powers that be that signed the checks, right? Said, yeah, do it. Well, cause they've hinted around at the culminating event of some larger super team. <laughs> Let me throw one more interesting tidbit out there that I think is part of whatever this team is going to be, which I think is, is this the Madame web movie we're getting <laughs> or some sinister six. That's not the sinister six we all know and love. Sure. Did you notice on the paper that was the Daily Bugle in one of the scenes, the top right corner, one of the, like, page A6 was chameleon escapes from prison? Oh, I didn't see that, no. I made a point to really look at the headlines on the paper okay. to see if I could Easter egg it out, and there is one on there. And it Find says, something. So we're, we're introduced to chameleon in this now, too? Well, we've liked him. We've talked about I him. I want to see. I think that could be cool. Well, you may get it. It's all in execution, right? It's how you do it and write it and portray it. And I don't know why they don't just kind of lean into some of the movies that have done it well. Like, I don't know why this film's not more like the Universal Dracula, like taking a lot of those tropes and the romancing of it all. Like, the the as much as I like this actress that's playing Martine, this romance comes out of nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> and they have no chemistry. And then at the end, when, spoiler alert, she's get, she gets vamped. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, they're going to fly out into the night? No, the movie just decides it's ending right now. So there's nowhere for that to go. Yet. Yeah, yet. Yeah, we're getting Morbius 2. Speaking, speaking of which, so I did more homework this week, and I did all this prep we did for Morbius, Matt. Can you believe that? Yeah. I watched, because I hadn't seen it yet, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Woof. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> I, think Tom Hardy, I think Tom Hardy's great in yeah. anything he's in. And I think he does the Jekyll Hyde thing with Venom like really well. Yeah. But that I never thought watching two symbiotes fight would be so boring. So boring. And why does the end of that movie, we'll talk about the end of this film, them blowing up a cathedral, you don't know who's what, who's falling where, who's assimilating into what, and for what, yeah. right? At the end of the day. 
Right. It was too too silly, and I think we're both on record. Like, I mean, I think we like Venom, but I don't think we bow down to the Venom altar like some of these Spidey fanboys oh, do. Yeah. No. Um, and that that carnage. I mean, he's a more horrific symbiote than what Venom is. I thought Harrelson's great casting, but I didn't get any of that on the screen. You know what I mean? Yes. So I thought that was frustrating. So those are the first two cohesive universe movies you're making, and now Morbius is number three. And then I said, yeah, Madam Web's next. Is that confirmed? That's confirmed. Dakota Johnson is Madam Web. God, who? Asked? No one asked for me. No one knows who Madam Web is. When is that due? Uh, two years, maybe. Jesus. there's that, that That's never going to see the light of day. No way. I just want to know who's in charge of p- picking which characters they're deciding to do. Um, okay. Oh. Well, let's talk about another thing here. In the SSU, yes. as you stated. The Sony Spider-Man universe. Sony has kept most of the proprietary rights to Spider-Man, except Spider-Man. I, they still own Spider-Man. When when he gets to play in the Marvel Universe sandbox, it's like on retainer. Like, they still own him, but he's allowed to go be in those other films. So, technically, they, they still have that. Well, for an organization that's building a universe around Spider-Man... Do you think they sooner or later might want to put Spider-Man in the movie? In one of these films? I think that's the plan. Has he shown up in it other than, I know, on the TV? Oh, God, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he showed up on the TV, and then Venom showed up at the end of the last Spider-Man in the post credit sequence. That doesn't make sense either. We'll get there, because we got to do a thing. Okay. Let's talk about the transformation of Michael oh, yeah, Morbius back to this. into Vampire. I thought this, for the most part, was pretty okay. Um, you know, the, one thing that really cracked me up was, uh, so they're on a boat with, I guess, pirate mercenaries? Again, we don't know why. Yeah, They're armed to the teeth, and they don't like what Morbius is doing on this shipping container. So the second Morbius disappears, this cracked me up, this guy that's with uh, Martine, mm-hmm. they're like, where did Michael go? And he just goes... And he just cocks his gun because he's just ready to blow this guy away. (laughs) Not even going to ask what happened to him or who he is or what he's doing. He's just ready to shoot this guy. Kill him. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, yeah, Michael's transformed into this uh, vampire uh, being, the living vampire, and does a good job dispatching of these pirates on this boat. Two things. What did you think of the vampire action of him in vamping mode? And what did you think of the look of Morbius? And then I'll give you my take. The action bit I thought was cool. Okay. That's the part of this film that works for me. I think that he's moving that fast, but they show it in that smoky, slow motion way. I actually liked that. It was good here. And at the end, it was stupid. But I think we can agree the way that they show him, he seems very, very powerful to me. Yeah. Agile. Sassing. Yeah. Um, almost a precog-like ability with his enhanced hearing and... He's pretty tough. Yeah. Like, this is a, a tough customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get into the lore of him, when he becomes Morbius, the vampire, his bones hollow too, mm. which allows him the ability to fly. And we get that. It's more of a sonic kind of um, vi- like vibrate through vibrations, I guess. He goes to the Buzz Lightyear school of flying, falling with style. Okay. <laughs> um. And these are just thugs with guns. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of an easy villain to take out. But I think it showcases his ability quite well. And if he's able to break through that containing unit on the boat Mm -hmm. with that glass or whatever that is, 
He's powerful. Pretty powerful. Now let's talk about the look. Okay. He's supposed to be hideous per his history. Mm-hmm. Whatever he, he like, he's not a great looking individual prior to becoming vampire. Yeah. And that's pretty clearly outlined in his backstory, mm-hmm. which then leads one to buy more into the Morbius and Martine romance. Mm-hmm. That's a huge, huge part of this story. Yeah. Because if finally someone likes him because he's been less than appealing, even in man form, yeah, probably going to want to hang on to her because, you know, he doesn't get a lot of chances. Now, when he becomes the living vampire, he does get pasty white and his nose does move up to resemble that of a bat. Mm-hmm. It is designed that way. And his teeth become bat-like and fang-like. Yeah. So he's supposed to be not a handsome, I sparkle in the sunshine vampire. Yeah, gross. He's supposed, he's supposed to be hideous. Like Jerry Dandridge's final form. Well said. Yeah, Perfect. Okay, good. gross, yeah. So what doesn't work, though, is there can be a beauty in ugly. Mm. Something can be so ugly that it can be interesting. I will give you... This is going to be really rough, and I, I don't mean any disparaging. Betty Davis is kind of like that. Yeah. She's kind of bug-eyed and round and beautiful at the same time in a weird way. Well, you know, dogs are like that too, right? Well said. Dogs okay. so ugly, it's, uh, it's kind of charming. To put the mustache and beard on him. Yeah. <laughs> a little too much. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't really show on the way the vampire look portrays on screen and it just looks like someone kind of smeared some chocolate on his face (laughs) when you add a few moments with the blood that he's had on top of it yeah it just looks like a big messy makeup job to Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. and i did not care for that yeah it's little things it's the plunging necklines and american (laughs) um what the the movie american hustle american hustle it's 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 shit like that the little details that were like ah gosh that's off-putting he moves so fast and it's always so dark. Like I need to really concentrate because I want to remember and see what he looks like. So let me just look at him without this distracting facial hair. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What did you think about the same two things? You know, I thought the action in this little bit was pretty cool. Very almost matrix bullet time. Yeah. Like yeah. kind of able to slow things down and move through space and time. Mm-hmm. Thought it worked here in the end of this final sequence with him and Milo fighting and, some underground thing. I don't even know what the hell was going on, but it was nuts. Yep. Uh, but here it's okay. Uh, the look, I you know, as far as the, you know me, man, and my makeup and my practical stuff, I wish it was not computer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for what the computer did, I thought they did a good job with the vampiric bat-like face. I've always imagined, you know, if that's what Morbius is going to look like on screen, that's probably going to be it, right? Yeah. But... Um, when it starts moving too fast and I can kind of see how kind of volumeless it looks with the CGI, then I get pulled out and I'm just like, hey, why couldn't someone have made him up to be like, be like that? Mm-hmm. And then there's a moment later and we'll talk about it, but I'll just save it. Cause we're going to, we'll bring it up. But yeah, so if this is, if this is the end of act one, the arrival of the monster, the vampiric monster, this is a pretty good little introduction for him. Now, Martin gets knocked out. He bails because he's a wanted fugitive now. Uh, and is just kind of off doing his own experiments, trying to figure out why he's so robust now and he's ripped to shreds. And But then it starts going away, right? He finds out. I thought that this was a cool element too. Six hours, right? Yeah. 
And something that could, you know, be Morbius's almost like Achilles heel, right? Is he has this power, but it's not finite. It's he has six hours to do some good with it. And then it's back to being crippled again. Um, they kind of play with that a little bit, but not as much as I wanted them to. And he's just guzzling packets of his artificial blood, but it's not fully regenerating him fully. He wants the cure, right? He wants to be like this 24 seven mm-hmm. without being a vamp, right? right. <laughs> uh, I thought the, the echolocation bit I thought was interesting visually kind of like a Spidey sense, right? Mm-hmm. Him trying to like catch that ball. And he's very Spider-Man, like the way he's able to jump on walls and, you know, just be agile the way he is. Uh, and then we get to this moment too. And I thought, so Daniel Espinosa, he made a film we really, really liked, uh, life, uh, the mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds one, Rebecca nobody, Ferguson, nobody else, but you and you and me. So that has some horror elements too. So mm-hmm. this moment when he is stalking that nurse in the hallway, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the lights are flickering. I mean, she's rushing to turn the light on to see what's behind her and Morbius vamps her. Uh, but it's a one moment in a film that doesn't really have that tone, right? It's more focused on the action. I thought that was an effective little piece that they could have done more with. Everything else is just more out in the open. You kind of feel feel the same. Yeah. So, okay, so we so Milo, so he was just okay with that name. He just changed his name to, to Milo. I guess. Mm-hmm. I want to know what his he he comes in claiming to be a lawyer, but we never see him doing any lawyer work on the side. He's always just hooked up to an IV and, you know, he's got his own struggles mobility wise. Jared Harris is still looking after him and giving him IV treatments on the daily. But uh, once things kind of get to a head here and he comes and helps uh, Morbius by giving him some blood and he's like, oh, look, you did some sort of cure. When can I have it? And he's like, you can't have this. I don't want you to turn into what I am. And then he just goes, well, you're holding out on me, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, you're holding secrets for me. So he, we don't see this. Again, It's there's a lot of telling and not really showing us in this particular film. He takes, because he has two other vials, right? That he brings back from his boat trip. And so Milo takes one of them, and we don't see when he takes that uh, mm-hmm. that vial. But when Michael gets arrested in prison... And he's just kind of waiting there. He's in his orange suit. Milo comes and visits him, brings him some blood to hold him over, and kind of they have this moment, and it's still friendly, but it's kind of a twinge villainy, right? And then Milo Kaiser so say walks his way out of that jail cell, right? Or like right. his legs almost straighten out and he leaves his cane behind. And I think that's where Michael realizes, oh gosh, he took it. And so I need to stop that, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think of this uh, procedural element in this film? We have almost two Keystone Cops, right? Yeah, we do. Does uh, that do anything to the story other than just, like, <clears throat> give us a thread of authority, right? That they're looking for us? Yeah. Tyrese Gibson, right? Um, I don't know. In a movie that I think has some really disposable parts, I would just categorize this as another one of them. Mm-hmm. Those guys are not going to present any kind of other than meddlesome time-wasting challenge to Michael Morbius, we do start to realize that we're not going to dick around, though, with it can't be a vampire. Like, they are pretty much on board with it's a vampire as soon as they find the first um, remains of the the gunman on the boat. Mm-hmm. So at least we're not messing around with that. That's, that's refreshing. 
But yeah, what are those two guys going to do to Michael Morbius? Hey, I don't know. Nothing, right? Other than maybe represent the city turning against him because he's misunderstood. Mm-hmm. They do reference Venom, though, right? The incident in San Francisco. Well, he says he's Venom, right? I'm Venom. Oh, yeah. So we can establish at this point, we'll revisit this later, Venom and Michael Morbius are taking place in the same plane, right? If Venom, yeah, if he's referencing him, he yeah. has to know him. Yeah. And the cops said this is like that incident. Which is, you know, you just jogged my mind mm. back to the paranormal activity thing with the trailer. In yeah. the trailer, we see him as normal and then, that's me, Michael Morby. It's it's me, Dr. Doctor. Yeah, that's not in the movie. Not in the movie either, not right? Not in the movie, yeah. I'd forgot all about that till you did, I'm Venom. He says that though. Yes. Bad scene. Uh, what the heck, man? Yeah, I know. I just put the footage in. It's there. There's, there's got to be a reason why. Maybe they knew what a stinker they had, and they salvaged what this was into what this became and what we saw. Sure. Yeesh. But then that Im- involves recutting this end credit scene four different ways almost. There was three trailers for this film, and I watched them all again before we sat down today. And there's like almost like three different versions of the Michael Keaton scene. There's a scene of him that you referenced of him outside of like a van, right? We'll be in touch. We'll be in touch. And then there's another scene of him in a prison cell saying, you have great power, Michael, if you you learn to use it. And then we have what we get in the movie. (laughs) And the one we get in the movie is the most confusing of all of it. Yeah. But I digress. Let's get back to it. So Milo's bad, right? He's this bad vampire, and he goes and gets a bugle, a Daily Bugle paper, and I thought that was a nice touch. So we establish also the Daily Bugle exists in this universe as well. Right. Uh, and nice catch on the chameleon uh, escaping. That's awesome. Thanks. So then they, they get into a battle of fisticuffs, right, down into the subway here. And the way they fight, they almost kind of leave a trail of, like, vamp smoke behind, almost like Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. Are people seeing that, or is that just a vampire thing? Like, I don't know if that even matters as a point of criticism, but I was just curious. So they get into this tiff. We learn that, you know, Matt Smith is, you know, I guess formidable. I guess they're equal with equal vamp strength. But this is the moment I want to talk about with you. So Jared Leto's going to get on the tarmac here of the subway, get on a train, and get out of here, right? Okay. Because he's running from the cops, and he's trying to get away from Milo now. Milo like finds him and as the train's coming, he starts like chasing him down. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. This scene. Yep. Okay. Visually, I thought that looked cool mm-hmm. with his vamp face, almost very fright night and lost boys. Like, like I'm coming to get you, Michael. That's mm-hmm. not worms, Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was chasing him, but then that me thinking it was cool, almost turned into comedic, right? It was almost too ridiculous. Him in slow motion as his vamp face is like moving and tossing with the lack of volume. Yeah. And then it ends with Michael like hitching a ride on this train flying in front of it. Oh, man, that was pretty cheesy. Like, pretty cheesy. <laughs> pretty pretty cheesy moment to end that. For me, liking it and then be like, oh, I'm not buying this. What would you think? Well, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. I, I, I agree with you. I thought it was cheesy. Mm-hmm. Is that more cheesy, the slow motion running with the vamp face? Is that more cheesy than most of the Milo stuff, including I'm going to put on my kill clothes for the night and dance around in front of the mirror? Like, wasn't that ridiculous, <laughs> that too? Ridiculous. They clearly had no idea what they were doing with that character. No. 
whether he was supposed to be the villain or the friend or both or what they wanted his motivation to be. Cause then he wants to use his vamp powers for pleasure, I guess. And so then he goes out for a night of fun, tries to pick up a woman then starts a bar fight. And then <laughs> we think he's angry at those guys, but then correct me if I'm wrong. The assaulting and murdering of those guys that did him wrong doesn't happen on screen. Right. Don't nope. we see it on the security footage? Mm-hmm. God, come on movie. Right. And that's kind of it. And then, because the last one we see, he leaves that club. He's then in the lab with Martine, right? It's, everyone's just jumping around. All over the place, right. So Morbius can fly now. He's got all his agility, still trying to find a cure, and he's got limited depleting blood resources. Don't forget about the little girl that he induced a coma back at the children's hospital. Whatever happened to her? The, we, no, we never find out. Oh. Hmm. She's still there. Poor thing. She's still, still in a st- coma. She's still in the induced coma. I, I thought that was interesting, I guess, because I just don't know how that goes. But in that sequence, he goes, we need to induce a coma right now. Like, apparently, that's something they can just do right away. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have to, like, wait around for it. Um. So Martine hooks back up with Morbius because the Keystone cops are, they want inter- to interview her and find out where's Michael and so she leads them on a little chase, but she Michael finds her on a bus and they kind of talk about, you know, what's going on? What are you doing? Why are you running from the cops? Did you really kill those people? It's that scene, right? Mm-hmm. And so they go to this little coffee bar and are kind of having, again, one of my favorite scenes, sitting and talking, right? Yep. We're figuring out a little bit about her and then, and then him, so that's okay. But then out of nowhere, and this no inkling prior or after this, Michael's echolocation goes into overdrive and he overhears this counterfeiting business, right? At the Uh, counter? Yes. And how they're trying to pawn off these hundreds and this cashier doesn't want them, but she takes them anyway. So out of nowhere, Michael decides, I'm going to stop these guys. Because he's a good guy. All of a sudden, right? Mm -hmm. He's got bigger fish to fry, like his friend vamping all of New York City. But no, I'm going to go stop this counterfeiting ring. Come on, man. Which I think is, that's the scene in the trailer where he says... I'm Venom. Right? Yeah. Or, yeah, whatever the hell, yeah. Yeah, he goes down and messes these guys up pretty good and right. then destroys their counterfeiting operations, but... A Thank mo- God that we've stopped that. Thank a you. moment of heroics that comes out of nowhere and then afterwards is nowhere to be found. You're not doing anything heroic after that, right? Right. So strange. I guess maybe Sony decided we need to like this guy, right? Try and... That just, it was just a, such a divergent path. Well, let me take one step back. Why is he meeting Martine in the coffee shop? What are they even meeting to talk about? Doesn't he still work with her? Can't well, he just call her? Well, he's a fugitive, remember? He's, uh, he's, uh, he's on the lam. Right. I, uh, but what are they, what are they going to go over? I didn't really kill those people. It wasn't me. Is it that cookie cutter speech that every misunderstood person gives their, their love interest? I guess. I, you're starting to get in such a murky territory with such little interest. I don't know if anyone's caring anymore. I don't know if I was. I don't know if you were. What Michael's trying to do now is create an anticoagulant to kill himself with, right? Okay. Is that, is right? Is that right? Yeah, that's 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 what he's that's, that's what they were doing when Martin gets abducted here and vamped by Milo here in a little bit. Okay. But yeah, he's uh, yeah, working in the lab. Don't you remember when she cuts her finger? Oh yeah, that's he's working on a suicide 
Serum. Serum. <laughs> suicide, suicide, serum. That'd be a good name for a band. Yeah. But through his echolocation, this is when he hears the cries of Jared Harris being butchered in Milo's apartment, right? Yep. Yep. So we knew that was going to happen, that he was going to find out that Milo's gone full bad. He kills him, tells him, you're not going to take the power away from me and all that villain stuff. And this cracked me up a lot too, Matt. So Morbius goes to the apartment to find ble- bleeding out Jared Harris, who's going to turn into a vampire or not, right? Or not. I guess he just dies, but he comes and tells him <laughs> that it's Milo did this. You must stop him and then dies, right? It it's does. like enough. I'm glad he got those words. He saved it until he came to tell him that and then dies. <laughs> so our villain's running amok. He then abducts Martine, takes her up to that roof, right? Vamps her. Uh, and that's when Michael's gliding through the sky <laughs> using his echolocation to find her. And I just thought they could have done something more with that too, right? You know, there's always that love interest that in these vampire films, she goes to the dark side and then, you know, whether it's uh, uh, Amanda Bierce or mm-hmm. Jamie Gertz, mm-hmm. I mean, they always go there and then they bring them back. Here they go there, they forget about it, and then she's still vamped. <laughs> So this is the first reaction that I had when I left the film last night, and the movie really, really struggles in the second act. Yeah. After Milo helps Michael break out of prison, which we didn't really get into much which, of why his would he do that? prison sequence, so he could have an adversary to, or a friend to, I, who the hell well, knows? Well, if he's so pissed at him and he's already taken leave the, him there. the serum, yeah, leave him there and don't bring him packets uh, of blood. From the moment he breaks him out of prison, and like we said, we mostly skipped over all the prison shit in this film. We haven't talked about most of that. Yeah. yeah we're, we're out of there. Yeah. <laughs> the movie really, really struggles till it fades out. Mm-hmm. I don't think it ever refines its mm-hmm. footing. No it, it had um, a limited footing to begin with. And now it's really just adrift. Yeah, we're coasting. It's, we, I think we're, and I don't know how many people had their hands on the screenplay. I didn't pay that close attention to all the writers. I think just these two guys. It almost feels like, what are we putting on this page? Six, yeah. What goes next? How do we end this thing? <laughs> well, and that goes back to maybe what we just talked about earlier. Like we couldn't quite figure out beat wise what that prologue had to do with anything. We still to this day don't know why he was on the boat coming back from Costa Rica for the bats that we thought he already had because they were in the children's hospital. Exactly. Or maybe not. Mm-hmm. Or why they were so significant versus the ones like just in some cave in Austin. Mm-hmm. Beat wise, maybe it's just a mess. It could be. And maybe the delayed releases was less about COVID and more about a linear thread that well, you kind know, of resembles something that looks like a movie. It's almost a detriment to your film too. When uh, so your movie's supposed to come out and then you s- sit on it for another two years, so then you're sitting there thinking about it more, right? Oh yeah. Well, maybe we should change this and take that out or add this back in or shoot some more stuff. So then it's never complete, right? Right. You're constantly toying with it. Like one of my favorite, I guess was Bond, No Time to Die, was done in the can, ready to come out April 2020, and then it got pulled, right? They didn't touch it until the film came out the next year, so kind of leave it be. Mm -hmm. I think these guys like really went and tried to find some way to salvage it, or maybe they made it worse. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. All the tampering with it. Yeah. It feels tampered with a lot. (laughs) Yes, it does. So yeah. this final fight between Milo and Michael Morbius, the the vamp fight of the century, 
kind of reminded me a lot of Michael Shannon Zod and Superman flying around uh, Metropolis, just crashing into things. So these two guys, okay, they're going to fight in midair. They're going to crash into buildings. They're going to fall down to the street. They're going to fight in the street. They're going to fall into the sewers. They're going to fight in the sewers. And you, and it's so dark. You can't even see what's happening. The CGI is a miasma of just nonsense. Mm -hmm. And man, I tune out. I was almost, I was kind of laughing and I don't really do that, but it was just so comical to me. I was like, here we go again. How many times have we said just destruction? That means nothing. You can't focus on anything. And it really made me think of this. Okay. So you're going to love this comparison. So you have this ending where nothing matters and it's just a mess of visuals. Yeah. And I was like, why can't we get endings like Raiders of the Lost Ark, our lead heroes tied up? And closes his eyes in the end sequence. And it's exciting as hell. You know what I mean? Yes. We don't you have to blow up everything the same way each time. I know they want to show the vampire prowess and the skills and what that looks like on screen. But ladies and gentlemen, this is a complete mess. A yeah. complete just visual just dump on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then Michael's coup de gras. He calls in the bats for an attack swarm, and then you definitely can't see what's going on. Okay, so that to me was the real deal breaker. The reason I wanted, when you asked me how did I like the action sequences when we first get them earlier, Mm -hmm. was when we see them, he seems very capable and powerful. Yeah. He needs bats that he summons to attack the other vampire, which is just equally as powerful. There's no reason he wouldn't be any more or less. Just maybe the same. Mm-hmm. But that's his go-to when all hell breaks loose is I'm going to use my friend Bats to take down the bad guy that I can't beat myself because yeah. he scratched me in the tummy. Yeah. Man, that is crapola. Yeah, they, the way they summon, too. They swarm Michael, and then he, like, wields them in his hands and then, like, throws them at Milo. <laughs> he weaponizes the Bats. That's lame. It was man. it was lame and it looks lame. And that's and the guy can't get up. It's the you same blood. Over, they over, would see him as a uh, just none of that over, overrun by bats, man. I mean, it's too much for <laughs> villains to take. It's not a worthy end. It's not a, a way that we've seen him fight. I mean, he has that throwaway line like now they see me as a brother mm-hmm. or what who cares that they're bats. But second and maybe third he can't get the Milo can't get up after the bats have, I guess, flapped him to the ground. <laughs> and then we have the big moment, which is, oh, now Michael's really got a leg up. And the fight that never really materialized other than just this miasma of bullshit tumbling through space mm-hmm. ends with him giving him the serum. Yeah, the suicide serum. And it's over really before it ever even got started. That was a chance to really showcase the wares of these two guys fighting each other. I'll tell you, I was ready for it to be over. I was too. <laughs> I, was like, I was too. They could have been so, so much different, but the way it played out, I was like, this needs to stop like, and just get back to it. Yeah. The bats, that was ridiculous. And, and, and the annals of, in my mind of battles that never materialized, this is right up there in the same book about the same chapter with the wonder woman and cheetah fight in oh. the water. What at that like satellite yes. dish? Yeah, that was at in the dam. The water. At the dam, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was stupid. Hey, this cheat is fast. Let's put her in the water. That whole movie's ridiculous. <laughs> it just some things are so obvious you can't not go with the obvious choice because there's no I'd other rather, way. I'd rather have these two guys just fighting in a lab. Like like just close quarters. It's rough, it's brutal. Forget the bats, and then just have him rip his head off. 
Yes. Something like that, right? Yes. Go Anthony Hopkins, Benicio Del Toro from The Wolfman. Like, as stupid and bad as that film is in the battle between father and son. Yeah. At least you're seeing these two meta-humans with these newly discovered abilities take each other on. And for a movie that I think really tried to relish and excelled with some of the visuals... It turned into Transformers, Michael Bay, with them tumbling through space. All and the then, same stuff we talk about all the time. Yeah. And then we never got the, like, as you would say, fisticuffs. We never mm-hmm. got it. Yeah. Never. What you do get, you just, you can't focus on it. Bats? I just want to see just a, shot, a steady, static camera of mm-hmm. a guy punching a guy yeah. without it doing this. Exactly. He's moving all over and the place. doing for this. For all that can't see, which is everybody. <laughs> and yeah. tumbling. And I, right. I want to focus on just a fight, right? Right. Yes. Yes. There's a key to those martial arts films from the 70s and 80s and all those great action films that we talked about. You have claws, you have teeth, you have a flight, you have super strength, you have everything you need to make a really cool fight. I think I've talked about this before. Do you remember when we did Predator and I ranted for like 20 minutes about action? Yeah. <laughs> and how awesome it is in Predator and yes. you can focus and see and it we ended up like it's the same conversation. Again. So Milo's dead. Morbius flies out with the bats. You can't really see him in the sky because he's obscured by bats and they're just like protecting him now. And this one, I thought Martine was going to arise with the, her eyes are red. Vamp couple, what's going to happen there? And then we like do a close up of Morbius's face and the movie just ends. It cuts to black and you think it's going to come up, right? And we're going to do another scene directed by Daniel Espinosa. <laughs> Movie's over, ladies and gentlemen. Fade to black. We got no more for you. But, yet, we, but we, we do. do. <laughs> we do have more. <laughs> all right. Uh, you do the first part. I'll do the second part. And then we'll talk about what it all means, if anything. <sighs> okay. I'm glad you gave me this one. Okay. Because I get to do a little rant about this multiverse thing. Okay. We are in a jail cell somewhere. <clears throat> in Morbius's timeline, right? In whatever timeline this movie was shot in. Yes. And... Out of nowhere, Michael Keaton's vulture, Adrian Toomes, but not named Adrian Toomes. He's not named Adrian Toomes in the first time around. In which one? In the, the when we see him in Spider-Man: Far From Whatever. No, yeah, he is. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah. Okay. Are you sure? Positive. Yeah. Okay. Shows up and gives a throwaway line, which is, "Hope the food's better in this place." Yeah. Okay. I get that we're introducing him into this universe, but we are now really, really close to something that is the biggest no-no in writing, Mm -hmm. which is it was all a dream. Yeah. We are bordering in that territory because there is no rhyme or reason or concrete starting point Mm stopwatch-wise, time-wise. From when this universe that Doctor Strange spun and created to allow everyone to show up at the same point has happened. We have had the end of what, with Venom and Carnage, let there be Carnage, we saw what with Tom Hardy, where he was whisked away in some sparkly white light. I'm assuming to the universe that I thought he was already in. Yeah, no. He is in. No, yeah. Because he says, I'm Venom. No, no, okay. Let's do this. Let's let's see if we can figure this out. Well, hold, let me... I, let me almost hang yeah. on. Don't, don't forget what you're I saying. I won't, because this is going to be a thing. 
we're playing so fast and loose with this multiverse, which is, has been my fear for mm -hmm. this for a long time. Mm -hmm. Anything goes because, well, it's just from another dimension. Anything can happen because you were just asleep. Yeah. It was a dream. Right. That is bullshit. Yeah. And this is starting to become, well, it's end get your boots on because yeah. you're walking through a field of it. This is Endgame's fault, right? Yes. It all started there. Jesse, all right, I'm going to, this is hot take. Yeah. yeah. As much as you and I hated the way they didn't adhere to the butterfly effect with time, time jumping, mm -hmm. this is setting up to be worse in execution. Yeah. Oh, well, they were just from another dimension. Yeah. Don't worry about that. It's yeah. from another we'll multi. We'll, what? We'll, we'll close that branch. Doctor Strange 2 has so much work to do to, to reestablish what the rules are for this, and it's going to be an impossible task mm -hmm. to do. All right, you wanted to say something, or do your the second one. So when before Keaton shows up in the prison cell, we get a this New York skyline, right? And it's fractured like at the end of Spider-Man no way home. Do you remember when all the things are coming through in the Spider-Man film? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So it's doing that. And then Keaton shows up in the prison cell. So let's see if you and I can figure this out. This is going to get real nerdy real quick. Okay. Okay. So Michael Morbius exists in this plane. We've established that the cops are referring to venom and San Francisco. So venom also exists in the Michael Morbius universe. World. Yes. The end of venom. Uh, number one. Uh, no, number two carnage. When he's in that hotel Bar. room and he sees uh, Tom Holland on the TV, he gets whisked away. Right. Right? Right. And but if he, he's on okay. that TV... Okay, hang on. So he gets whisked away to the Tom Holland universe. Because remember, they're talking about Thanos on that world and the bartender's telling him, my family disappeared for five years. Yeah. He whisks back to the Michael Morbius verse, leaves a speck of symbiote on the, the bar thing. Now let's do Keaton. Keaton exists in the Tom Holland universe, gets whisked away now to Morbius this universe. universe. But he doesn't whisk back, right? So nope. he only whisked the, this last time. Mm -hmm. So Venom's came back to this universe. We have Morbius here, and then we have Keaton. But somehow Keaton's able to get these vulture wings that are still in his universe, right? What's oh. he wearing at the end of that movie? Yeah, that was really troubling. He had time to get out of jail and then... or Okay, but... Does that make sense? Yes. Here's the problem, though, Jesse. Yeah. If Venom is the character that they're referencing to what happened in San Francisco. Yes. That's in Morbius's timeline. Mm -hmm. That means he exists in Morbius's timeline. Correct. If Carnage, Venom, sorry, if, if Venom is watching the television screen and... Spider-Man is on oh, the television right. no, you're screen. Right. You're right. Then he's already in Spider-Man's multiverse, Spider-Man's universe. But then got whisked to another universe, right? So now we take Adrian Toomes out of Spider-Man's universe, which he had to have been in because that's the movie he was in, yes. and whisk him to Michael Morbius's universe, yeah, which right. by default is also Venom's universe. None of those people are in Spider-Man's universe anymore. You're right. You're right. Am I right? You're right. So as it stands right now, Spider-Man is off in, let's just, let's call that Marvel universe yep. just for nomenclature here. Mm -hmm. And Venom and the chameleon, no. Yeah. Venom, the chameleon, um, Morbius, Morbius, Vulture, Vulture are in not Marvel universe. Correct. Am I right? You're right. Yep. What in the hell? Yeah. 
And it happens so fast. Do, do they even know that that's what they did? I don't know. The only thing I can think of that they might be trying to do based off of the success of Spider-Man No Way Home that we really liked, that they're just in a different Spider-Man's universe. So maybe they're here hanging out. Maybe this Andrew Garfield Spider-Man in this New York, maybe. That I might be the only answer is we have another Spider-Man that's going to show up. But I hope it's one we've seen, right? Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. I, I, okay, maybe. No. Yeah. We can't have that. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be Miles Morales? Well, no, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know if we're introducing another Spider-Man, but one of the ones that's like, if this was a Maguire Spider-Verse or Andrew Garfield's, that would at least be half messy. But we got people all over the place now, right? Right. Yeah. And and the, people don't know who Spider-Man is. <laughs> <sighs> and this is what they maybe reshot multiple times. I would have preferred the Michael Keaton cameo of him saying, you and I should stay in touch and get let me get in this van. Because then it's all the same universe and we're not screwing around with that. The fact that he blipped in and then blipped out, right? Mm-hmm. Confusing as hell. Where did he get his vulture costume from? Right. That's another... He got out of that prison cell because maybe they just didn't know who he was and he didn't belong there. Did he get it from the basement of Oscorp? Remember uh, the, all those suits were hanging out there? Oh, yeah. Say hi to Dane DeHaan. Yeah. Resurrect his career, too. We, we have a mess because... It's a complete mess. They have to get now those four guys back into Marvel's Spider-Man's universe. They've made it worse. They have to do, I, do it again. Or I mean, let, let's make sure we're right. Let's go through this one more time. No, let's, you're, you're right. If if Morbius knows about Venom, then clearly those two are in timeline mo, mo, universe A. Yep. If Adrian Toomes is talking to Morbius, then he has to be in timeline A as well. Mm-hmm. If the paper is the Daily Bugle, and it is being read in Morbius's time universe, then all of that has to be in A. If Tom Holland, prior to the ending credit scene in Carnage and Venom 2, is hearing about the blip, and then there is a television, I don't know if it's in one or two, but Spider-Man is referenced in one of those two films yeah. on the television. There's literally, you see him on it. Yeah. Is that one? That's the end of Venom Carnage. It's in like a beachside hotel room. Okay, right. Then Venom was in Spider-Man, in in, in A. The only thing that screws that up is the end scene of Spider-Man No Way Home then. See, I love how nerdy this doc is, but because don't you remember he's at the bar with that guy and he has no idea who Thanos was or that people disappeared for five years. So then he wasn't a part of that. It's just a mess. It's try to put all that together is a nightmare. Right? Yes. Yeah. So where the hell are Venom and Morbius and the Vulture and the Chameleon? Do we agree that they are not in the same universe that Tom Holland is currently in right now with Doctor Strange? Based on what we just did, yeah, they're separate. It seems like it. They have to be, yeah. So you're going to multiverse... That's why I'm telling you, as, <laughs> as much as you and I were excited about the multiverse of madness, somebody in the room has got to go like, guys, we have a problem. We need to reel it back in. We've got to get them back to A, even though some of them were already in A. Actually, all of them were in A. Yeah, we got they were already all there. We got they didn't need to blip them out. They were already... See, this is the conversation that 
I had with my family. Yeah. I don't understand why they're blipping. I shouldn't say blipping. Why they're blinking. They're multiversing yeah. Venom out of the world he's already part of. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. And you're right, because he does not know who Thanos was unless he was one of the ones that got snapped. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Jesse, we have a mess. It, yeah. Because the, the way I took the end of Spider-Man No Way Home was that Venom bl- blinks back to his world, right? But he left goo on the table. Right, yes. And that's going to come to Spider-Man somehow. But that you still got to get Venom to fight with Spider-Man. You got to bring him back into the plane of that reality. I mean, is this the agreement that they made? Like, you can have all of Spider-Man's not Spider-Man characters as long as you... Make it confusing as hell. (laughs) And now we're going to add Madam Web. Yeah. Which is their version of Doctor Strange. They're going to Doctor Strange her. Because that's what she kind of does. Buckle up, everybody. If it's confused... And then, I don't know... (laughs) Are people even going to go watch Morbius? Do you even get confused with this part too? Yeah, I don't know. Because then you're going to go see that and be like, hey, how's Keaton here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's he doing here? Mm-hmm. It's a mess. Uh, so the the work to make it a cohesive universe is doing more harm than good. Um, I think that's all I got uh, in terms <laughs> of notes. So the movie's over. I didn't stick around. I left. I bailed the theater after that. I was like, if there's a thing at the end of here, I kind of don't care. Just the two. Those are only the, the two. only the two. Mm-hmm. Did you stick it out? Yeah, just well, I, I've looked before I went in how many post credits. You have to were. look, right? Yeah, I don't want to sit there for six minutes. Nothing, nothing. right? I'm already <laughs> way tapped. Yeah, out. I'm already way tapped out. You got to get me out of here. I need some fresh air, mm-hmm. man. This guy next to me, stinky. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite tasting note of Morbius? Probably that first fight on the boat when we see Morbius in full effect with his powers on display, like the first time we see him, kind of become superhero pretty well done and visually looked pretty cool for what vamping superhero action would look like mm-hmm. i'm gonna go with that hallway bit because it reminded me of like mm. insidious or something out of god malignant <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh you know one of those one of those types of films uh that there was some horror stuff they could have leaned into just a little bit more it just got too too silly yeah what's the moment of morbius we just talked about it and it was in the theater too it's when adrian Toomes showed up because i said they he's not in it, it's everything we just talked about because he's on the news too right they're like mysterious man shows yes. up in a prison cell out of nowhere yes mm-hmm. and they let him go because he's not a because he's not there he's not <sighs> oh my god like i i didn't really jump into the conversation as deeply as you and i just did last night with my wife but i was sort of I think we have a problem and she just didn't want to really have the conversation with me, but oh my God, now double. Oh my God. I just want to know where he got the wings from. Yeah. Cause they weren't, he wasn't wearing them when he blinked in. He just found some basement and built them real quick. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Uh, dark man style. Mm-hmm. What's your, Oh, oh my God. man. Uh, maybe that whole end bit. I was groaning. I was laughing cause of how stupid it looked. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, is is this movie over? And then it was over. And when when it said directed by Daniel Espinosa, I almost just chuckled. And I I don't want to be rude to the people around me, but that was that was a bad way to end the movie. Mm-hmm. Just out of nowhere, it was, we're done. Get out. It's like the end of The Sopranos, mm. mid sentence almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I kind of thought maybe they'd pick up with them a couple months later. 
he's set up his lab and he's going to go fight crime because he's a crime fighter, right? Nope, movie's over. We're, we're done telling this story. Is there a master distiller on Morbius? I know we're not going to be in agreement on this, and I don't have the wild, white-hot dislike that you do, but I thought Jared Leto was pretty good in hurt blood degenerative bit. Yeah, I thought he I thought he was okay in this too. I don't you know, I get some of the criticisms that can be levied against him. I don't find him to be as off putting as some. Um I like I did appreciate that he was a fairly normal person in this movie, right? Yeah. But that's it. That's it. I mean I, I like your girl too, Martine. Yeah. She's she's for what new screen crush sure. Mm-hmm but I'm not giving it to her. Yeah, I thought Jared Harris was good for his... I mean, he had the, the good sense to be in five scenes and then get killed and get out of this movie. So, <laughs> yeah, not a lot of people we could really give that to. I mean, it's a mess directing. It's a mess writing. It's a mess at the top of the board at Sony. Geeks. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you going to rate and grade Morbius? We have Rock Gut, Well Call, Single Barrel, and Top Shelf. Where are you going with this one? I'm just going to give it well. Like I'm not going to go all the way to rock cut. Okay. I'm going to give it well because I thought there were enough visuals in it here and there. And I, I, you know, I never do this. Mm-hmm. I never, well, the, the couple points looked good, but yeah, I thought when they were able to really kind of figure out how Morbius should move and what that should look like, it was similar to how well Quicksilver was done in some of the X-Men stuff before sure, they killed yeah. them off. Mm-hmm. Um, that saved it. The rest was pretty awful. And I, I'm not going to say my line. Like I couldn't wait for it to be over. If yeah. we, well, was but, it the podcast <laughs> turned it off. Yeah. I was, I was ready for it to be over. Oh, when it yeah. was probably 15 minutes before mm-hmm. I was ready to be done. Yeah. How about you? Are you going to go all the way? I think so. Okay. I thought about this for a while. I thought about all the films we've talked about on, on this podcast and you know, just what I would like to revisit. I mean, even like the bad movie quality of some stuff we've even serenity. I think maybe I could revisit that and have some fun with it now Mm -hmm. that I know. (laughs) Yeah. Or even like the happening. That's like kind of a good, bad, just laugh at it. This is just bad, bad. This is one of the worst Mm -hmm. movies we've talked about on the podcast. Like this is a mess of everything Listen, the last 20 minutes of trying to figure that out. That's the movie, man. I mean, if this is their grand scheme, and I doubled down this week with Venom Carnage and then this one, so I have a full picture of what their thing is. If it's not Spider-Man, it's a disaster. This is rock cut. Yeah, I, it's hard to recommend this this film, or I'll never watch this again. Um, if they make a Morbius 2, yeah, maybe I'll probably check it out just to see how this could even continue, but... Yeah, whose idea was this? I mean, at the end of the day, someone suggested, what if we did a Morbius film and someone else said, let's do it, right? Took two people. I guess so. Someone to bring it up and someone to say yes. Amy Pascal involved in that decision? She's not there anymore. No, this is, it's Avi Arad. I know. I'm just saying, it's like an Amy Pascal bad decision. Sure. Well, Avi Arad's made some stingers himself too, right? (sighs) Business-wise, prior to even the Marvel franchise, he had a big hand in why Marvel was so lost. I mean, he's fairly important, too, in bringing Spider-Man to the screen, finally, and, like, X-Men and getting that off the ground, right? Mm -hmm. But there's been a lot of bad decision-making in all of that as well. He's had a tie-in, too, to I think that's why we're waiting so long that the video game franchise, I like Metal Gear Solid, he has a tie-in to producing that, and I wonder if he's, like, his involvement is, like, really slowing that down. Mm. Because it's supposed to be Oscar Isaac is playing Solid Snake. Mm. 
and they've been he's been cast for like the last four years. So where's that, man? I mean, when's that happening? Mm. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what Sony's doing? Uh, they don't have Bond anymore. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Amazon bought MGM, so MG uh, Amazon Studios owns the MGM library. So that's Bond, that's Rocky, Kong. Uh, yeah, that's Godzilla. all. All those, all those properties. No, it's that's not. That's Warner Brothers. That's oh, Warner Brothers. legendary. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, Sony doesn't even have its one of its big staples, which was the James Bond franchise anymore. They're headed for a bad, bad, bad. Something. Unless, they, unless they're going to not do these kind of films anymore, they're just going to make good movies. I would hope. All they have is Spider Man now, mm. and because uh, they retained none of the other Marvel properties. Mm. Yeah, they're they're all at Disney now. Crazy town, right? Well, let's uh, wrap this thing up with a nightcap. So where are we going for this? So we did hero before. We're going to go villain or antagonist solo film. And Morbius is interesting because he's kind of in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. I want to call him more of a villain than like a helper. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Catwoman, right? Yep. She's good if you need her. If not, she's going to cause problems for you. It's kind of how I see Morbius. Punisher. Yeah, him too. If you like. So villains, what, what what else do you think is worthy of having its own solo flick? This was easier for me to come up with than the heroes. I actually came up with three. Okay. Um, but I don't want to burn all three because I'm afraid I might steal yours. No, you're, I don't think you will. I, I went really kind of off the path. You know, the one that he's been in movies before, but we don't know a ton about how he got there. I think, and if it was done as a rise in the mafia story, I think King Kingpin could be killer. Yeah. So that would be one that I would bring up. Um, the other one that I think could be fun if you really developed it and cast it properly would be bullseye. Yeah. And then as much as I'm going to advocate for those two, they can't hold a candle to number three, which has to be doom. Von doom. Yeah. Yeah. Has to be Victor Von doom. Dr. Doom. That'd be cool. I think doom could carry his own film. Yep. And I want Cillian Murphy to play that role. Oh, that'd be good. I want Cillian Murphy to play Victor Von doom. That'd be cool. We'll see. I mean, Doom's got to show up at some point. They can't do this next series of movies and him not be involved. Nope. Too big. I mean, if they burn through Loki and Ultron and Thanos, it's going to be Doom, Magneto, and Kang? Yeah, I was going to say, don't forget Kang. Yeah, it'll be those guys, right? That's that's a nice yeah, trio. That's, that's pretty good. I kind of like them a little bit more than well, the other three. Do you think that they're saving Doom for the Fantastic Four and that they have to be? He's their guy, they, right? They have to. They have, unless they're going to do like Galactus and the Silver Surfer or something like that. It's too big, too quick. I think it's got to be Doom. I, I'd see that. So that has to come sooner or later. Well, do you you remember uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the video game? Oh yeah, yeah. Doom was the bad guy in the the first one. He took on the entire Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. He can do it. He can do it. <laughs> yep. Those games are so good. They were. And the, the second one was Civil War, remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I never played the third one. I think that was like a Switch exclusive. I think it was the Black Order. Mm. So cool. Corvus Glaive and all those guys. Um, I don't think I have any honorable mentions. I, I did think of Kingpin. I thought that would be pretty cool. And my choice is going to be similar. I kind of want to give some other people their due. But again, it's all in execution. You mm-hmm. got to make a good movie. You got to cast it well. And it's got to be well written. 
I kind of want a Tombstone movie, but what I want is I don't want Spider-Man or Daredevil or Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist. I just want him, and then I want Kingpin to kind of be an ancillary. And think of all the other mob components, whether that's the hand. Rose, the owl. Yeah, all of the mob components in the Marvel Universe. And what if we just did like a mob turf war movie? So cool. Through the eyes of like Tombstone. Yeah, that could be awesome. So there's no heroes. It would just be a mafioso movie and then kind of just like a turf war. I think that could be a lot of fun. Me too. Use something like Goodfellas or The Sopranos as a blueprint mm-hmm. and do something like that. I love that. The uh, I think you're still uh, probably close to finish of the Spider-Man game for the PlayStation, right? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> if you ever get to the downloadable content, the like extra stuff you could put on... Uh-huh. They'd had a cool uh, tombstone like side mission oh. that, that was really great. Cool. Yeah. So I think just portrayal wise, I think it can be dumb. And I think visually he looks cool, right? Mm-hmm. Ghoul. Like yeah. just like kind of ghoulish, but like he's like almost like very just like built hefty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so I, I want to see a mob film in the Marvel universe. Wow, that sounds great. Yeah, that should be should, that could be fun. I think we both are clamoring for that. If I said Kingpin and you said him, I think I think. We can't be the only two. Yeah. I, why we like it is it's not sky beams and destroying things. It's like fighting like in a warehouse, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, the heroes for hire and Moon Knight, which by the way, to that, that thinks off to a terrific start in episode one. Yeah. Um, I always kind of thought he could have got his own movie, but Daredevil, all those guys. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of ground and a lot of story to be told there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's a capper on this small batch of uh, Morbius. Check it out if you want. Wait. Listen to this. It doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you telling people to go see Morbius? Um, no. Catch it on streaming if yeah. you have an afternoon to kill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what more that's the rating of Morbius. But next week we're gonna get into another film review cask. And this is one we've been talking about uh for a long time too, of just how would this fit in? And we got some time in between new releases uh that we want to talk about at least. And um we're going to go to the Western genre for a bit. And uh, yeah, we we haven't done any one of these films before, right? Nope. And we're going to do it. We're going to call it Western Four Ways. Mm-hmm. So we're not... Sunny side up, over medium. Yeah, fried uh, and... Uh, scrambled. Scrambled. There you go. So we're going to do a Western <clears throat> four different ways. Mm-hmm. So don't expect a traditional Western. All four weeks are going to see variations on what that formula is and isn't, depending on the part of the world you're in, the decade it was made in. And just the interpretation of what the cowboy and, you know, what that looks like. This is going to be a lot of fun, right? I can't wait. Well, you're going first. So the way we did it, you're picking the first week's film. So you're going traditional, old school Western. What are we talking about next week? We've been so good to me lately. You've let me tackle some of the films that I've brought up and have wanted to do. Yeah. So this is another one of the wanted to do ones. Mm -hmm. We're going to do The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Yeah. This is my all-time favorite Western. I'm just going to go ahead and state it now. Um, there won't be any rot gut or well or even call discussions next week. So buckle up for what's going to be a very positive review. Yeah. And we have a special uh, guest on next week too. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is thematically everything right in the West for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait to do this film next week. That's going to be great. Yep. Yeah. And just to talk about that. With your favorite actor of all time. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Uh, just to talk about that genre. Mm-hmm. And the inner machinations of what makes it what it is. Right. And the times it was made, the Savage West, uh, 
the violent West, uh, right. The role of men, the role of women, the role of the savage. I mean, we're going to get into all of that. This is, and then where we're going next week is just going to get crazier and crazier. So right. this is going to be fun. I can't I, wait. I'm looking forward to it. Four or four very interesting weeks in different versions of Westerns. Absolutely. So cheers to you. Cheers. I got to get going. I'm going to go look for, uh, make a serum uh, that helps me forget uh, the plot of Morbius. That way it's just blanked from my memory. Mm. Want to help me with that? Yeah, but I was noticing you left some little goo on the counter here, oh. and all of a sudden I feel a bright, tickly light coming up. <laughs> he's gone. He's in a different universe. We'll have to find Matt and see where what universe he's in. But until then, we'll see you all next week. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you in a different dimension. <laughs> Voice from beyond. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Rye Smile Films. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to leave us a rating and a review while you're there. It really helps out the show. And for Rye Smile Films merchandise, go to tpublic.com. Morbius is property of Sony Pictures releasing, Columbia Pictures, Marvel Entertainment, Arad Productions, and Matt Tolmack Productions. And no copyright infringement is intended. Until next time, cheers. Who the hell are you, man? I am. I don't. I'm just kidding. It's Dr. Michael Morbius at your service. <laughs> <laughs>